Welcome to the Zappos.com podcast, where we strive to inspire, communicate, educate, and entertain. So the story that I remember that's really fun from this year specifically is centers around drag bingo. So I get the email about drag bingo from Derek, and of course I look at it, and if you know anything about me, I have a history of dressing in drag, but it's been a really long time, but people think I dress in drag all the time. And so I got this email, they're looking for volunteers, I'm like, mm, I'm gonna skip on this one, and I deleted the email. A week later, I get an email from Derek saying, congratulations, you've been accepted into the drag bingo show. And I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. Very specific, specifically remember not signing up for this. So I email back, I'm like, hey, like, I don't think I remember sending you an email. He goes, Tyler signed you up, because Tyler's doing it as well. So kind of a fun story. This new series of our podcast episodes will be focusing on stories from the newly released The Power of Wow book, which is essentially the follow-up to Tony Shea's best-selling Delivering Happiness book. We'll be sharing stories from Zappos employees from every part of the organization, powerful lessons that they have learned during their tenure about business and about life. I'm Jean Markell, and on today's episode, I'm chatting with Chris Peake, who focuses on strategic initiatives. Thanks for talking with me today, Chris. Nice to be here, Jean. Thank you. Well, you know, I definitely plan to spend a good portion of our time today talking about the work you're focused on. And strategic initiative sounds like it's very important to the organization and just rolls off the tongue, by the way. Um, but I also know that you have a passion for art. And in fact, early in your career, you contemplated being an elementary art school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that a bit? I assume you've had a passion for art all your life? I have had a passion for art all my life. Are you just repeating what I've just asked you? (laughs) I I totally am, Gina, because, you know, this is official, right? Yes. Yes. I I remember um, distinctly being in uh, sixth grade and having an art teacher, and I actually actually got an F in art, um, just because I didn't follow the rules. I was in, and you know me, I'm a rule follower. Sometimes. I don't break them very often. <laughs> uh, but but for, for me, that was something I remember, just like, it's, it's like color inside the lines. You know, like, I want you to do this and not that, right? And for me, uh, creative expression is all about being yourself. And while the fundamentals of art is, is, is needed in order to progress, like taking away that creativity from someone was, and giving them an F for a class wasn't really my, my cup of tea, so. I think giving um, a sixth grader an F for a class is I just. I know, and like it wasn't an F on my report card, but yeah. I remember distinctly like this, getting a really terrible grade. Yeah. Um, and it was all because of like just this feeling that I wasn't actually um, doing what the teacher asked me to do in, in a creative area, right? It's different if you're math or history, sure. right? And so when I look back on that memory, I was like, I want to be a teacher that's going to allow people to be just as creative th- as they can, teaching the basics, but like creativity is more important, uh, I feel, than, than anything else. So it wasn't just about the art, which obviously is something you are inspired by and passionate about, but it was also about the idea that you could have had a, a different experience at your age and wanting to be the teacher that would provide that for a student who was excited about art, yeah, basically. Yeah, and that's, that's absolutely it. And I look at the, my three kids, and that's something every weekend, or at least once a week, we get together, and we do something around arts and crafts, right? And it doesn't need to be a specific project that we're working on. 
whatever they're working on at any given moment. And I, I'm teaching them like how to do art, um, but w within like what they believe that they should be putting on a piece of paper or on a canvas board or in a project that they're working on in school. Um, and for me, that's, that's exactly the t kind of teacher I want to be or that I am. Yep, super cool. Well, it's interesting. When I think of uh, many of the people closest to me, and I like to think that you are one of them, Aww, Aww. I often think of them as being either kind of more left brain focused or more right brain mm -hmm. focused, so tending to either be kind of on the analytical side or on the creative side. Um, and I have to say, as I have told you before, that you are one of the few people I know who is truly incredibly talented at each, which I find incredibly maddening Thank most you. of the time um you know kind of but, but like heart and brain if you will so so that segues into a topic about truly merging both of those mm -hmm. skill sets at zappos so i know that many of the initiatives that you are focused on currently surround market-based by see i can't even say it i can't even say the actual term that's market-based dynamics that's why we call it mbd <laughs> or called mbd um a term that we've kind of created here at zappos um so it's something that's internal to us, obviously, mm -hmm. in talking about, you know, uh, basically inspiring internal entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. the good news is I don't plan to go down the rabbit hole talking about MBD because I think everybody would tune out. No <laughs> offense. More than likely. <laughs> but I was interested about how you feel about how your artistic and creative talents, mm -hmm. how those have helped you when you've been focusing on a lot of the work that you're energizing now, which at least from the outside appears to be fairly analytical. Um, yes, and there was actually, I, I would say there's a great balance of, of both. You have to be creative, say, in the solutions that you're trying to create for a customer problem, for example. Uh, you have to be creative when thinking about, like, um, doing d different things that's not traditional, right? And, like, this whole path that we're taking with MBD is far ahead of what a lot of organizations in, are doing. There's no playbook, right? And while you can certainly put together experiments based off of data, and you could put together, like, all the analytics that you want around the stuff that we do, and you have to be really creative um, in order to move that work forward, right? It's not as simple as like, here's here's my model, here's my A, B, C right. plan. You have to be creative in, in, in that approach, otherwise we're really not gonna create anything massively different. Um, and then on the analytics side, of course, I mean, there's, there's um, you know, we have a rich history of merchandising, which is a lot of that is, we used to call it the art and science, right? right. And the science aspect of that is, is the data piece where you have to pay attention to the numbers. You have to pay attention to even how people are feeling in order to move that creativity forward. But it's also the art side. It's like, is that, that's the creativity that we just talked about that we never want to limit, right? right. And, and going back to me being an art teacher, that's something that I thought was super important. Again, the basics being that, that, uh, that left side and ultimately being creative in that approach. And like the world's your, you know, the, the world's your oyster. You can right. do whatever you right. want if you're creative. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, I think I hear Zappos uh, folks use the term heart and brain just because mm -hmm. we've been talking about that as an organization mm -hmm. the last couple of years. But um, it actually kind of goes back to the foundations of the art yeah. and science that we, we both, you know, came up through the ranks in Absolutely. merchandising. You just gave me goosebumps. Oh. I love the heart and the brain. That's the first <laughs> and the last time probably, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know. Um, you know, not all, all people think of themselves as entrepreneurs, So, um, and nor do all employees. So... What if I'm an average Zipponian who doesn't feel I have the next multi-million dollar business idea, or I don't feel I have a, an idea that will, will literally lead us to a unicorn like some billion dollar mm -hmm. company? How does MBD apply to me thinking about innovation? Yeah, I think just to go back, let's step, take a step back. Because oh, I now, think now you're saying where I can step? Okay, yeah, got it. Okay. let's take a step back okay. because I think uh, defining what entrepreneur is is okay. really important because I think <coughs> while the term entrepreneur, you, the first thing you go to is, you know, wild genius and creativity right and like 
these are special people that are constantly thinking about ideas and, and failing fast and learning fast, right, from, from the mistakes that they make. But ultimately for us internally is like, entrepreneur also means like, how can, how can I look at a challenge that I'm having in my business and focus on that? So what in current the, business, in your current day-to-day sure, work, basically. it doesn't have to be even like this new million-dollar idea. It's like, what are the challenges and constraints that you have in your current business, and how can you focus on overcoming those instead of just dealing with it, right? Um, it's all about like taking a next action. Like, what, what's the simplest one thing that I can do to move something forward, and let me get that thing done. Entrepreneurs get shit done, right? And so that's a really important aspect that, you know, Oftentimes, it's the ideas that, that are overcome in this conversation where we define what an entrepreneur is, but it's just focusing on your business and, and, and building and heightening on your business and, and how you do things uh, that's really important. So I completely concur that uh, obviously both are very important. You need to have new creative ideas and streams of business or productivity at, at, at the workspace as well as finding ways to improve your current processes. Um, but kind of pivoting back to specifically on um, developing talent internally and having folks work on new things, like what do you think are the biggest challenges in f- both finding and developing internal talent, you know, particularly when it's in areas that are outside of an employee's current day job to speak? Yeah, I think that's one of the advantages of market-based dynamics, uh, specifically with customer-generated budgeting. You have this opportunity to tap into, uh, you know, the genius of the of the company, right? And and I mean, just take CLT for example. We have people with and business, what's CLT? Uh, customer loyalty team. Oh, okay, that's yes, our call CLT. center folks, right? Okay. Yes, um, and so like if you look at at that team, whatever it might be, six hundred people and whatnot those people aren't just great at customer service. A lot of them have marketing degrees. A lot of them have business degrees. A lot of them are so great at art. there's untapped talent. Right? There's untapped potential yeah. that we have in the organization. And so as teams, we tend to look within our own team to look for talent, right? Um, but we know that you know, in, in successful teams, there's a cross-discipline there. There's, 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 there's teams that have their limits. They have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. And oftentimes, people in the organization, you could tap into this potential all around the company and be able to pull other people uh, into your business that's actually gonna create um, better success. Right, so it's just getting out of that traditional thinking of like I can only do the work that uh, you know that people on my team can do when you can look externally inside the walls of Zappos and actually fulfill some of those those challenges or weaknesses that your team has. Cool. Can you give some examples of some internal and again I keep saying businesses, but I realize it can just be an initiative. Mm-hmm. So something that's happened internally that has come from MBD that's been very successful. Yeah, I would say. Um, an example of what's been successful, I would say, like look at Kylie's team, who has a team called the Assembly. I can't look at Kylie's team. We're on, like it's we're audio only, so you know. You know. It's, um, yes, Jean, thank you. So <laughs> if we look at Kylie's team <laughs> on the Assembly, um, we yeah, that is a, a they really focus on solving for a specific challenge, which is give teams um, more. Different choices when it comes to building out websites and and, and brand experiences or or vendor vendor experiences or website landing page experiences, right? And that was a business that didn't exist for us two years ago. And and under this um, under MBD, essentially they've gone out and found multiple customers throughout the organization that we weren't really serving before, right? And so um, that team now has maybe twelve or fifteen different teams that they're doing business with and creating new experiences for not only these teams and and but they're also uh, building an experience for the external customer as well. So I would say that is a really great 
an EDA yeah, success awesome. story. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been talking a lot about new initiatives and change. And I know big changes in an organization can be hard. And for some, um, obviously, there's the potential to cause fear. So how do you and your team help with that in, so in that in that current journey? Yeah, and, and journey is the right word, right? Because I think one of the biggest things that, that is a help is meeting people at where the where they're at in their journey, right? Mm-hmm. There's some people that are early adopters that are going to be right there on the forefront, like doing all this stuff and, and leading the charge. But you also have people who, like you said, are, are really uncertain and they fear, right? And so really working with them in the place that they are in their journey to figure out what is that fear? How can we break down that uncertainty for them? And typically it's not something that we're just going to say, hey, let's define what MBD is and we're going to take away that fear as much as possible, but really addressing one thing at a time. Um, and really working with them to start breaking down those things so we can move forward in our journey, right? So I think that's one of the biggest takeaways, at least that I've gotten over the last couple years of working with people on a daily basis and working with teams, is just meeting them where they're at. They're not gonna understand the full vision of MBD if you're not helping them out with their current challenges. Got it. Well, it's interesting, you said um, a question or two ago talking, you mentioned the term failing fast. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's exciting to work on and try all these new things. And and obviously uh, there is an element of risk regardless of big or small of the project. But, you know, not all these things that that the folks are, that you are working with will and ultimately end up being successful. So um, how do you look at those types of tests that don't work out? And I mean, do you look at those as a failure? How do you characterize that? I, I would say, one, being real with what's happening here. There, there are going to be a lot of ideas that fail, and, and that's okay. That's part of where we're moving forward as an organization. That's how innovation is created, right? That's how brand new customer experiences and disruptions created is, is from those experiences. And not all ideas are going to be successful. So I think that's a big first step. It's like, cool, you have an idea. There's a chance that this idea might not work, right? So let's so you're let's up, be you're up front with that. with that from the very beginning for the Many most parts, part. Like, like, yeah. And we don't even judge ideas, right? Uh-huh. So in, in our team in, in Evolve, which is the team that's helping the organization move forward with market-based dynamics, is you know we don't judge ideas because why would we judge an idea if we have no idea if it's going to be successful or not? But going back to the whole entrepreneur thing, an idea has a better chance of being successful if you have someone that's behind it willing to drive it and put in the hard sure. work to do that. And when it comes to failure, like it's it's in order to move forward, you have to fail. But more importantly, you have to learn from that failure, right? And and apply those learnings to everything you do, not just within your team, not within you as an entrepreneur, but also your your job as a Zaponian, right? Sure. Is um, your it's your job as as like someone that's energizing work is to learn from that failure and not only apply it to your job, but help others understand that as well and share those. And then the last thing I would say that's important to that is celebrating your, your small wins as well. All, all too often people want to see, like you said before, the multi-million dollar idea. Mm-hmm. But what if you just drove a $10,000 idea forward, right? And that and that helps build the entire ecosystem. That helps you as a business you know, put more money in your pockets so you can actually invest into other ideas that you have, right? Well, and that probably takes away, the, um, I assume, the fear factor from, from folks that have just a small, I, 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 I hate to say I'm not trying to characterize as small ideas, but some maybe small process change or something that could make their job or others better and mm-hmm. realizing there's real value in that. So yeah, I think, think, system, great. think systemically what a small change does in, in a system in order to improve it, right? Because that impacts everything all the way down the line. Yep. So um, obviously core values are our 10 core values and our culture is foundational. It's, it's, it should be in everything we do every day and we live and breathe it here at Zappos. So how do you think the Zappos 10 core values and our culture can be a guide uh, for those Zappos employees who are interested in spinning up new ideas? 
I think it's a perfect guide. And, and if you've been to any of my workshops I, around MBD and how the core values uh, play into that, is our core values are strategies to get things done, right? And if it, and and our core values aren't just they're not just a sign on the wall, right? Uh, they're not just like, oh, I participate in our core values. It's all about energizing the core values, and, th and they're all verbs, right? And so if you apply those core values into everything you do, just like Zappos, you can be successful. I, I have nothing else to say to that. That's fantastic, Chris Peak. Wow. Um, well, and on that note of giving you praise, I know many people look at you as a role model, a role model and a mentor, whether you admit it or not. Mm -hmm. um, but so I'm going to ask you, this is maybe the toughest question because I know you're super humble. I mean, one of our core values. So why do you think that that's the case? Why do you think people look at you as someone that they can feel comfortable with and feel that they can learn from? So, um, and, and, and that's part one of the question. And the second part, which is even more mind-boggling for me, is how do you ultimately find the time in your schedule to actively mentor folks that are outside of your specific work projects? And, and I promise I'll let you talk, but I know mm -hmm. that you spent a lot of time certainly mentoring people that are, are working in, with Evolve in some way, shape, or form. But I also know that you're someone who is, um, people look up to outside of that specific work product. So mm -hmm. how, why, why do they think of you, and how do you do it? First of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's always nice to like, hear and that And stop stuff, talking. Right? No, you could talk all day long, especially <laughs> if you're talking about me. That's great. Um, but it, it is. It's not something that I like to talk about for myself as I'm a great mentor or I'm going to give you know everybody that comes to me the time that they need. Um, but I, I, I will say it's you know it comes from a place of care. Like I truly care about Zappos. Like I bleed Zappos blue. But I also like I the, our most important asset is the people. And if I can give every single person that comes to me looking for mentorship and guidance, what Zappos has given to me, um, that I'm doing my job, right? Um, I'm also, I'm radically candid as well. I think you know that, right? <laughs> and I think people deserve to, like, they, they deserve to have all the information. They deserve sure. to know truly what I think about uh, things, right? Um, and I'm not gonna bullshit with you. I'm not gonna, like, well, we're gonna bullshit. I have experienced but, that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not gonna give it to you, you know, with frosting on top, yes. right? It's that, that's not what I believe in. Yeah. And so, like, I think those two things, people I generally hope, I hope, that generally know that I care about them and I care about their idea. I care about Zappos and, and how they fit into the ecosystem and then ultimately just giving them to it straight. Awesome. Um, switching gears a little bit before we wrap up. So I know another passion of yours is running stupid amounts of miles and marathons and ultra races and hiking mountains for days on end so um i personally don't understand it but any i'm very comfortable sitting on this couch right now um but can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in those types of activities as as well as how you've encouraged zappos team members to be a part of them as well yes um i was i remember my first to go at it was in high school and my gym coach was like you need to run because you're fast i'm like awesome i don't have time for that i have a part-time job after school and like i didn't have time to do do any of that um when i got lucky and got hired in lombardi sports in san francisco as a as a uh, an employee there a sales employee i quickly moved up the ranks and got to be a manager there and one of my biggest wins there was growing our shoe department from a 10-foot wall all the way to a, a giant, probably 100-foot wall. And a big part of that was our running business. And like for a sporting goods store to have, you know, with the community, 
a place to go to as a running specialty was 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 really awesome but i couldn't get there if i wasn't a runner myself so i said running is a huge opportunity our customers are looking for it but i can't sell running shoes if i'm not a runner myself sure. so that's really where i started running got out to the road and and hired a couple runners and and ultimately we just started running uh, from there so that's kind of way out where i got my start it was a little later in life for sure yeah. So that's interesting. So that's the, that, that was kind of the gateway into yeah. your passions and what you do mm-hmm. now. And then kind of the second part, like, again, I know yeah. that um, you've been instrumental in obviously in organizing structured kind of things where you get people out, whether it's, you know, some of the races here in town, et cetera. Um, and then the hiking event that, that, you know, that I mentioned. So what was it that drove you to really be the catalyst betwi- behind some of those types of things? I, I'm, not get, I'm not the catalyst. Right. It's like, you know, Tony saying that he's not responsible for growing this big culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Every everyone is everyone's a part of that. And I just think I've always had really great people partnering up with me. If I look at our eight thousand meter challenge community, for example, mm-hmm. there is all everyone does something to help encourage other people to get them into the our weekly trail runs, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking people up to come to and, and do these challenges and putting themselves in a very uncomfortable position. So it's always been the people. It's always been the community has done that. I just happen to start the conversation sometimes, and other people kind of get in the mix and really help us build and heighten on that. Oh, the humility. Whatever. I'll move on. <laughs> um, so I, we're, we're almost done. I promise this painful time in your, in your day is, is almost over. But um, what else should I know? And I know that's a wide open question, but anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with to wrap up in, in talking about your Zappos journey? That, is, that, um, is that the hardest question I've asked you all day or no? It, it might be because I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, well, um, not that I've been prepared for any of these <laughs> questions, but... Um, um, it certainly had, you know, this is this is a fun conversation, but I think about the 15 and a half years that um, I've been here at Zappos, and, and, you know, we've always been a company of change, and that change is the only constant in this company, right? And in order to be successful in any change, including the stuff that we're doing now, this applies personally as well, you have to have an open mindset. You have to have curiosity. You have to be able to like an idea for just a second before destroying it, right? <laughs> um, but it's ultimately like open-mindedness and it's part of yeah. our core values, but truly like this is one of the core values that I think about like we have to energize being open-minded. Yeah. Well, obviously to your point, change is constant around here. It seems like we are in an accelerated time of change mm-hmm. and um, as someone who's here, I feel very fortunate that we have you as, um, you won't say guiding the ship, but somebody who's on the ship and who's helping us to steer. So um, thank you. I feel the same way about you too, Jean. Thank you. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Zappos podcast. We'll continue to release episodes each week with conversations with Zappos employees, as told in the recently released The Power of Wow book. For more information on Zappos expertise, please go to expertise at zappos.com.